Anyway, it's so good to be with you today as we jump into week two of Advent. Uh, it's a really special time, a time where we need to really prioritize and work on prioritizing the beauty and power of the incarnation. Whatever it is, do the hard work in this Advent season of pushing things away that are less important and taking time to focus on the beauty of what we are celebrating at Christmas time. So today we're going to spend a few minutes beholding God's peace together. To behold his peace. To behold is to see and observe a person or an event that is particularly impressive. And as we journey towards Christmas together, we find both of these things. It's, Christmas is both an impressive historical event centered on the most incredible person that we've ever seen, the most incredible person to ever walk the face of the earth. The birth of Jesus, as we all know, is one of the largest singular events in our faith. And it paved the way for the most powerful historical and spiritual shift in all of history, a shift that has literally impacted the entire planet in some way. And our job, right, as Jesus' followers, our job as Jesus' disciples is to enact Jesus' commands and wishes accurately in this world. Accurately. Not the way we think it is, the way he thinks it is. But, if you've hung around church for any length of time, you would know that we make mistakes. Anyone here ever made a mistake before? Mm -hmm. Leaders make mistakes. I, Pastor Andrew Masters, have made horrible mistakes. I fail. But our admission of these things as the church, our admission that we make mistakes and that we struggle, it's not surrender and it's not giving up. We all need to commit to wrestling with our own power, our own desires, our own personal agendas, and our own feelings so that we make sure we're giving the world what Jesus intended and that we're very sure that what we are giving the world is in partnership with the power and truth of his spirit not the power and truth of our own desire, but that we would live in complete alignment. And this is so important because now more than ever, the world needs a church and it needs a people that live sacrificially towards each other and towards God so that we can see a real peace and real care being extended and wholeness and freedom winning in a hurting and divided world. And there is hurting and there is division in our world. Is there not? And there is hurting and there is division within the church. Is there not? Yes, yes there is. Guys, we've got to start here. We've got to start in our own house, don't we? And then from there we have something to offer. Jesus, speak to your church. Speak to everyone in this room. Let us move in unity together so that we have something to bring to the world of freedom and hope. 
That video that we watched this morning, I love, I love that video. It says that peace is so much more than the absence of conflict. It's so much more than the absence of conflict. True peace is taking something that was shattered and broken and didn't have wholeness, whatever it was, and it works to restore it together. And that's where everything fits in perfect harmony. Is that how you would describe your life inside right now? Everything sitting together in perfect harmony? Oh man, doesn't that sound so wonderful? Yes, Jesus, I'll take a little bit of that. Oh, sounds so wonderful. Isaiah 9 to 6. Very popular verse at Christmas time. Something we've read even last week. For unto us, us, you, and you, and you, and you, us, now and today, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, Prince of Wholeness, the Prince of Wellness. Man, it is good news. It's always been good news, but it's really good news. The arrival of Jesus at such a critical time in the world. Christmas this year is more needed than it's been in a while. Because we're, such, we're in such a desperate need of God's peace. We're living in a time of greater turmoil. And we need his peace. Do we need his peace in our country? We need his peace in our city. In the city of Brantford, Jesus, bring your peace. We need his peace in our homes. We need his peace in our jobs. We need his peace in our minds and in our hearts. And that is why Jesus came. He came to bring renewal and he came to bring wholeness. He came to bring completeness to once was to what was once broken. And God is the one who can heal and restore. And I want to ask you, honestly, this morning, with everything that has gone on in the last two years, do you actually believe that, or does it feel like a stretch? Does it feel like a stretch to say, Jesus, you've got this. The situation in the world right now, you can heal it. You can bring peace to it. Yeah. Or does it feel like sometimes we're just like agreeing and hoping, but maybe we're just not quite there some days. I want to say today that there is no one better that we can put our faith and our hope in than the person of Jesus Christ. He is good, and he is fair, and he is loving. Who else would we trust to test the world accurately, to judge us fairly? Would you, would you trust a good friend? Would you trust your family? Would you trust the government? Would you trust your employer to set the world in balance and equity? No, we wouldn't. That's crazy. My parents are right there. I love them a lot. Please, God, don't let them do that. <laughs> because no one, not one of us, sees the whole picture. We're so finite and God is so infinite. Jesus' motivations are pure. He is fair and he, he's kind and he loves everyone with equality. And his plan 
since the beginning of the incarnation has been the restoration of all things, not its destruction. God's plan is not to destroy anything, it's to redeem it all. And we have a choice. We can choose whether we enter into that redemptive journey or stand apart from it. A few years ago, it was my 40th birthday, and I decided to give myself a gift. It was this tattoo. Um, man, I can barely get my shirt sleeve up there. Anyway, it's a tattoo. It's hard to see for all of you from here. But what it is, it's a picture of a 24-hour cycle of a day that my, my sister drew, actually. And uh, out, out, out each side of this 24-hour clock grows a vine, which represents life. And the vines come together and they sit and wrap around the cross. And I see it all the time during my day. And I, I'll get into a little, little, in a little bit further down the road into the sermon, I'll get into why I got that tattoo. But it's a daily reminder on my wrist of God's restoration. And, and about his plan to not destroy anything but to redeem it all. And Jesus came that we would find hope and love and redemption through him. Jesus' primary role is one of salvation. It's one of salvation. He wants to bring an end to everything that hurts his people and destroys his creation. That's the end game. And when the work of Jesus is complete in our lives, the result is going to be lasting peace throughout all creation and wholeness and redemption in him. Come on, church. The work of Jesus, the complete result, the final result is lasting peace in all of creation. Everything that was broken, completely redeemed through him. Author and pastor Tim Keller. Do any of you guys know Tim Keller? Great pastor. Highly recommend looking him up. Beautiful man. He said this, Christmas means that through the, great, that through the grace of God and the incarnation, peace with God is available. And if you make peace with God then you can go and make peace with everybody else. And the more people who embrace the gospel and do that, the better off the world is. Christmas therefore means the increase of peace both with God and between all people across the face of the world. Isn't that beautiful? The peace that we receive from Jesus, the peace that he gives us, is not a cheap peace. It comes at the cost of tremendous sacrifice. And often, especially at Advent, we can skip to the cross, can't we? But what about the sacrifice of leaving ultimate power, ultimate authority, and being pulled down and putting your hands in the life of your creation? That is highly sacrificial. And at Christmas time, we do. We spend time reflecting on the incarnation, which is God with us. Just there, just to get to that moment, we see more sacrifice than anyone has ever made for anyone else ever. God chose to leave his seat of power and glory to come to us as a fragile human, placing himself in the care of very imperfect people. He chose to live with us, learn like us, and suffer like us. It took effort and dedication on Jesus' behalf to faithfully accomplish his Father's will. Just like it takes dedication and faithfulness for us to accomplish our Father's will. Jesus did not have an easy life. And yet he chose, knowing all of that, to come, God with us, and give it to us. Give us everything completely, willingly. 
And Jesus came so that we would know the reality of his peace and of his redemption. As I was saying earlier, as I began to prepare uh, this message, you know, I didn't have the most peaceful week. And maybe the last few years haven't been as peaceful. But a few things came to my mind. I began actually thinking about these car restoration shows. You guys ever seen car restoration shows on, on TV? I began thinking about these shows, and I've, I've seen a few of them, and, and, and they start with like a car out in the middle of some abandoned field somewhere. Like three decades it's been sitting out there, and someone finds it. And there's no paint left on it, and animals have been living in it, right? And they pull it out of that field and power wash it and put it in some barn somewhere. And then after a while, uh, the car is revealed in all of its glory. It's got a new paint job, a repaired structure, a new interior. The engine has completely been ripped apart and rebuilt. And of course, the most important part, a way better stereo system. It's my jam, I can't help it. This is a good picture of active peace. But it's not just about the car being found and saved by being brought into the garage, right? If they found the car and they just brought it into the garage, the car is still not saved. That's not true peace. From there, you have to think about the thousands of man hours and dollars it took and expertise it took to restore every piece and get the whole machine working together like brand new. Every piece of that broken down machine working together again in perfect harmony. And that restorative process that that vehicle went through completely removes all the rust and all the brokenness completely. And oftentimes in those shows, the restored car is better than how it was when it originally came off the line. They add a few extra horsepower, a few extra subwoofers in the back, nicer materials, you know? And it just, it comes out gleaming. And it's worth a tremendous amount of money. And so just like an old car in need of massive renovation, when Jesus finds us and saves us, he begins that complex restorative work. And that work leads to his perfect peace and balance being restored in our lives if we allow him constant access as our mechanic. Because it's complex. It's thousands of hours. It's thousands of parts and materials that come together to completely restore. The other thing that comes to my mind as I was thinking about preparing this message is how peace and harmony leave no room for fear. And this is where it gets a little tough for me, and that's why I got this tattoo, because if I'm honest with you all, and that's the idea in church, (laughs) I've really struggled with a rational fear in my life. I know what it is to be terrified, even if it doesn't seem to make much sense. In the last season of my life, in dealing with a rational fear, has been incredibly challenging. I've not always done a good job. And I see some things going on in the world right now that break me. They're hard things. But fear, for some reason, seems to be this massive cultural motivator. No matter what side we rest on, on any issue, it seems to be what's driving people. And I just, I'm just so tired of being motivated by fear. Fear to be vaccinated. Vaccinated. 
Did I just say that out loud? Fear to not be vaccinated. Fear to pursue Jesus with abandon. Fear to not pursue Jesus with abandon for fear of judgment. Fear to take risks. Fear to not take risks. Fear to pursue new opportunities and good things. Fear to not get the opportunities we hope for. No matter what side of the problems that we seem to find ourselves in life, right, left, up, down, side to side, close, near, it seems to me that fear is a motivator. And I've never seen a time in my entire life where distrust and fear has been so high or gripped our society and our lives and the church so much. And I'm not just pointing the finger, I'm saying I wrestle with it. I've never dealt with it in a greater way than I have today. And I need to remind myself, and I want to be clear with you today, that as we struggle, and we do struggle, if we have the courage to come before Jesus and repent, and ask for his help, his love and his peace, is stronger than fear. And that's who we're called to be. His love and his peace is stronger than fear. Do you believe that? I don't know. Right now, i got to be honest. Right now, I'm agreeing in my head, but I don't know if I feel it in my heart. On a good day, maybe I'm 50-50. And so it's not about turning the other way and ignoring the things going on in the world. Right? It's about inviting the presence of God to be so powerful in our lives and in the church that hope and love and peace are more powerful than fear. And I don't want to just sit around and pretend that I don't struggle, that we don't struggle with everything that's gone on with fear. Look in front of the mirror when you go home and ask Jesus to reveal where fear is your motivator. Where you're acting and you're stepping forward not because of love, and not because of peace, and not because of hope, but because of fear. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Hope is a better motivator. Love is a better motivator. And I want that so desperately in my heart and in my mind. To be driven by the things that are beautiful not the things that are destructive. And that's where we need to be as the church. That's what we get to offer the world. And along the way, we don't have to fake it. Please don't fake it. Please don't pretend things are better than they are. Please don't approach struggles head on. It's okay. Jesus is here for us, to renew us, to build us, to forgive us. We can all know God's shalom right now but we are also a people in process. That's one of the reasons why I've called our discipleship process journey. Because we don't have it all figured out today. We wrestle with it imperfectly, and then tomorrow we get up and we try again. And then we get up and we try again. And none of us are finished on our journey. And this Christmas, with everything going on in the world around us, please remember that you can only find true and everlasting peace one way, 
through Emmanuel, God with us. There is perfect peace available for those of us who live our lives in a surrendered, bowed down posture before our King Jesus. That's why he was born. The Father sent him to the manger to bring peace. And each time you begin to feel frustration or tension in this season, remember to reset your mind on Christ and invite the Prince of Peace to make his home in you again. And then if you fail the next day, invite him again. And if you fail the next day, invite him again. You ever, like with repetitive sin or or struggles just through life, just get tired of struggling with the same stuff? over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. God's not tired. He'll forgive you the the thousandth time. And he will again bring his spirit and his love to bear upon your life. It's okay. Come to him. So this season, we are going to choose to set our minds on Christ. And we are going to set our minds on his peace that he provides through the manger. As we close this morning... I have a prayer that I want to read. I just invite you now to put the notes down, to put your Bible down, to close your eyes, to take a few deep breaths, to rest in God's peace, to give yourself a minute. And allow me to just pray this over you as we close. Jesus, in a season where every heart should be happy and light, many of us struggle with the heaviness of life and burdens that steal our peace. Our inner voice often whispers, be afraid. We need your peace, Jesus. We confess that our hearts are too often filled with wonder of a different kind, wondering when the bills will be paid, wondering when the terror will stop, Wondering when rest will come, will it ever? Is the message of Jesus still true? God, in a world where so often fear and worry prevail, make your peace more real now than ever before. Thank you for the gift of Jesus, our Emmanuel, the Word made flesh. We not only need your peace, Lord, we absolutely crave it. You've promised rest for the weary. Victory for the battle-scarred, peace for the anxious, anxious, and acceptance for the broken-hearted, not just now at Advent, but every day of every year. Your name, Jesus, is still called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We know that true peace on earth can only come when our hearts find peace with you. Jesus, be our peace as we look to you, and as we celebrate you together this Christmas. Just right now, I just invite you to just keep your heads bowed. I just want to pray for those of you who maybe would courageously, just with a light little raise of hand, just say, yeah, I am wrestling. I am wrestling. I, I don't have the peace that I would hope for in my life in this season. If you would just lightly raise your hand just to acknowledge that, we're just going to pray for each other. Let's just agree together this morning. So Jesus, right now we just come before you, God, and we bow before you. 
God, we admit that sometimes life is difficult. Life is also beautiful, but it's not always easy. And God, oftentimes we find ourselves in a position where our peace is being eroded or destroyed. And oftentimes that's because we have our focus in the wrong place. And so God, I pray that you would give us the courageous action to this Advent to slow down, to push things away, and to focus on what matters the most. And that is the incarnation. That is God with us. That is the love and the grace that you pour out upon your people and your church. God, I pray that as we continue to worship you and to rest in you and to invite your peace, that we would have such an overwhelming sense of rest. That we would feel your fresh touch upon our lives, your fresh touch upon our church. We love you, Jesus. And everyone said together, Amen, Amen.